Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sports by the Hour podcast. Uh, today it's Ethan Schaap, Matthew Schwab, Nevin Silver, and uh, we're doing an end of the season wrap up. Uh, the first topic is going to be the conclusion of the NFC East and how that shook out for those teams. Are we talking about the Giants or Redskins at all? Um, no, I'm going to talk on how they can improve. Okay, uh, just a little, a little thing. All right, you can go start with go that. for it. If I'm the Giants, I your offensive line is bad, but that is not the primary thing. If I'm the Giants, I go for defensive players this draft. Just draft defensive players because they couldn't stop a little baby running down the field. So I would go for that. And if I'm the Skins, I would nurture Geis because if Geis is healthy, he has shown that he can put that team on his back. Um, yeah, for the Giants, um, they have some offensive player makers with um, – Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, Shepherd. Golden Tate, Shepard, and if Daniel Jones can take the next step next year, and like Evan said, they draft some defense, that could be interesting. And with the Redskins, honestly, with Terry McLaurin and um, Geis, which Evan just said, I'm a huge fan of Geis out of LSU. If he can stay healthy, that can really change this team uh, in this weak division. Both these teams could have chances next year. Uh, Ron Rivera and... Um, Jack Del Rio. Jack Del Rio are now on the coaching staff, which I think are two great signings for the Redskins, and as long as uh, Snyder doesn't mess it up. Um, hopefully they start to change their franchises around. Yeah, I think that one of their main off-season goals uh, should be improving Dwayne Haskins because he showed he showed some promise over the season, um, but he also showed a lot of weakness. And uh, those weaknesses, some of them will go away with age and experience, but some of them you have to reteach. Um, sometimes his decision-making... He's a smart player, but sometimes his decision-making, they were rookie mistakes. Um, some of it, his throws were inaccurate. Um, I, I think their biggest priority should be focusing on their future quarterback because he, they spent their first-round pick on him. They're banking their future around him, and I think that if they can develop him more, him and Terry McLaurin are going to be a very good duo in the future. Yeah, I think um... – him playing over Case Keenum in like the, the end of the season was good for his development. Yeah. Uh, I have a question, Matthew. Uh, when it comes to Dwayne Haskins, do you, I personally believe this? Do you agree that he was thrown to the Wolves? Yeah, yeah. I his first game that his first regular season game that he was brought into. I, I forget the exact score of the game, but the Redskins were losing really bad, and he was just put into an awful situation. I think he ended the day with three interceptions and no touchdowns. Um, it was. He was thrown into a bad situation, and that can obviously mess up a rookie's kind of mindset and confidence. yeah, confidence. Um, uh, I think I think if he had been started in a better position, like maybe even at the start of a game, let him get a feel for the league. I think he would be in a much better spot at the end of the year. Because I believe personally that I don't think Hask- Haskins is the problem. I think that if they work on him, he could be the solution though to their offense. Yeah. Um, but if I'm the skins right now, my the biggest thing is obviously I think you need to make sure Geis stays healthy, keep him out of practice until he's 100%. But go get a linebacker. Yeah. Like, that's my opinion. I think they need a linebacker because their D-line is solid, but once somebody gets to the D-line, there's nobody stopping them once they get the open field in the secondary. Yeah. So yeah. I think a linebacker can I wasn't a huge goal. fan of Haskins out of Ohio State. Um but I would say that I was actually more pleasantly surprised by him towards the end of the season because, like you guys said, I think he was put in a pretty bad situation. Yeah. But I think the real 
the real player that can put the set this team on the right track, and I don't know if he'll ever be healthy enough, is Geis. I think he's yeah. kind of like the X factor. So we'll have to see. The man's in the next a human year. pinball. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he can is. do. He can catch it. He can. He is a bowling ball. He's really really good when he's healthy. So hopefully he can get on the right track next year. Now to the two teams that actually mattered this season. Yep. You gonna go first? It's your team. All right. Um, the Eagles, Cowboys, obviously two top teams in the NFC East, which was without question the worst division in football this year. It's kind of funny looking at all the records. You have all these playoff teams that are ten and six, ten and six, eleven and five, twelve and four, and then you have the NFC East champions, the Philadelphia Eagles, at nine and seven. Uh, and they're nine and seven. Yep, they are. Other than the Titans, I believe the Titans, uh, the only team in the playoffs or at least in the wild card with under 10 wins. Um, it, it's been a rough season for not just the Eagles, but also the Cowboys. Uh, Evan, you can also agree with that. Um, it's It's been more of a roller coaster than anything else, and I want to highlight Carson Wentz because um, while guys like Colin Coward are saying that he's the reason that they're in the playoffs, which... To be fair, for a lot of it, he is. He's had games where he doesn't play like the star quarterback. And yeah, you can blame it on his receivers not being healthy, his receivers not being there, him having a lack of options, Lane Johnson being injured, uh, his best offensive lineman. Carson Wentz has had games where he's looked bad and very bad. But the games where he's played well, he has torn up defenses. Um, other, he's actually statistically had his best season since his 2017 MVP campaign. Um, obviously, in which he went out in Week 13 uh, with an injury, which left Nick Foles with the starting job that led to the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Um, but this season, Carson Wentz had a 63.9 completion percentage. Threw for 4,039 yards, 27 touchdowns to seven interceptions, a 1.2 touchdown to interception ratio, which is the best mark of his career. Um, a 93.1 passer rating, which is a little bit low considering that he had a 101 passer rating last year and a 103 uh, in 2017, and a 62.9 QBR, which is his best quarterback rating since 2017. Um, for what it is, I don't want to. I don't know if I'm impressed with Carson Wentz this year or if I'm not impressed because he's worked with a lack of weapons, but at the same time, the Eagles counted on him as to as their future quarterback, their star quarterback, and at times he didn't look like it. At times he just looked like Sam Bradford or Mark Sanchez out there throwing the ball. It was, it was bad at times. Um, uh, Matthew, I agree with you that he had some off games, but also his lowest scoring game was against the Patriots. Uh, I mean, that's a formidable defense. That's, yeah, that's and a defense dropped, that you're not going to put a lot on. He dropped 16 points on them. Yeah. That's, that his lowest scoring game was 16 points. I mean, that's, that's, I, that's I, I, I want to call that a bad game. I wouldn't 16 call it, points against one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah, I mean... I, well, the, yeah, the Patriots, every game you scored more than 17 on them, they lost. Yeah, I think... So I think they hold you under 17, they beat you. I think you guys know what game I'm going to highlight with Carson Wentz, and I'm talking about the Seahawks game in which he fumbled, what, three times in that game? Mm -hmm. Something ridiculous. Twice in the first half alone. Um, it... 
he needs to learn to hold on to the ball, be smarter in the pocket and outside the pocket. Um, he's still, it, he's afraid. It, it seems like at times, um, ever since going down with injuries, but at times he does show that old Carson Wentz where he will embrace a hit. Um, and I don't like seeing that in a guy like him, a guy who's already been prone to injuries. Um, Wait, Matthew, I'm a little confused. So, do you want him to be the old Carson Wentz, where he will he'll run up no, the gun I w- and hit, hit I w- a linebacker? Or do you want him to be? I'd, ra- I'd rather well? I'd I don't want him to be scared, but I don't want him be, to be the old Carson Wentz. I want him to be confident enough to the point where he will move out of the pocket and scramble if he has to. But I don't want him to be the old Carson Wentz where he'll embrace the hit. It seems like at times he's too scared to move out of the pocket, but then at other times he seems confident enough where he'll go in for the hit. Um, but other than that... I, would, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it a... Uh, what's it called? Being scared. I think it's an IQ thing. Yeah. I think he has a he has a great arm. He has great legs. Fantastic but arm. I think he's not all there upstairs. Yeah. When he runs for the ball, it's either he's running into a linebacker or stepping out of bounds before the first down. I so kinda, for me, I feel like it's less being scared and more of game IQ, and I think he needs to work on that. And when he works on that and he improves that, I feel like he could become a formidable QB. Yeah. Which he is, he has been right now. Yeah. But I feel like he would need to definitely get his IQ up to become this QB that the Eagles fans and the Eagles franchise want him to be. Yeah. The uh, people like Colin Coward are saying to build the Carson Wentz statue in Philadelphia, and right now they're not at that point. Uh, Carson Wentz, had his best performance obviously was 2017, but he hasn't shown any performances close to that since. I mean, he had his best season since that, but even then it wasn't anywhere near what he was. And Can you agree with me here on this, that he took himself out of that 2017 season? He did. And took himself out he, of a potential Super Bowl run? He took it, himself it wasn't, out of it. It wasn't coaching. It wasn't them yeah. calling a bad play. It was himself. It was himself. Okay. He he made the mistake and he's paid the price for it. And that's exactly what you said. You didn't want to see him running into defense yeah. anymore. Yeah. No, I I agree with that. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. 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 I feel like that's what I'm saying. That's what the IQ thing. The coaches told him not to run the ball. We yep. don't. We this game doesn't matter. Number one. Yep. Number two. This we were they were already winning. Thirteen games in and you're already guaranteed a playoff spot. You were eleven and two at the time. You. I feel I feel like him trying to boost his stats. Yeah, he put his stats over the team, and I feel like he's improved that now. But I don't know. For me, that's not a good team player. That's not somebody that I will personally support. He is a great quarterback, and he has shown that time and time again. Yeah. But until he and he has done, he has this season. He's embraced the teamwork near the end. Yep. And that's why they have been proving yep. and they've been rising steadily. But until he fully embraces the teamwork and stops trying to pat pat his stats, and goes for the win over mm-hmm. a personal gain. Until he does that, that looks to keep him out of the league. Yeah, uh, I think the bottom line for Carson Wentz this year is um, he did good enough. I, I think that's how I would sum it up. I agree with that. He did good enough. He did he did enough to put uh, a quite unhealthy offense on his back at times, and especially in those last four games, he had 1,200 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, um, um, and one interception on a Hail Mary, even though they were against bad teams. Yep. Uh, Redskins, Giants, Cowboys. Um, yeah. Um, One thing I would like to highlight is Sanders, the running back. Yeah. He stuttered up near the end. He did. He came. He, did. he came in clutch when they needed him. 
Same thing with Wentz. They started off the season rough, bumpy. They lost to the Lions, yeah, twenty-seven to twenty-four. They they lost to the Falcons, twenty to twenty-four, and then they let the Skins score 27, 27 points on them twice, and then they beat the Packers, which I still to this day don't know how. Yeah, I, that game I'm, that I'm game was sho- a wash I'm for me. Shocked myself. And but the Vikings also beat them thirty-eight to twenty, and the Cowboys beat them thirty-eight to te- thirty-eight to seventeen. Forgive me. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they were able to recover it. Recover their bad start of the season, and they were able to make it into something. Shows me that they have potential. Yeah, but I feel like they don't have a future in this postseason. They don't. I think, they're, they're I think they are going to be a first round buy for the Seahawks. Yeah, they're they're going to get washed by the Seahawks. I think it has to be a close game. Really? Yeah, because Elaborate. the Seahawks, in my opinion, are Seahawks just as don't have the defense. Them. They don't have the defense either. But defense is that defense isn't there, and they lost yeah. both their running backs, Chris Carson and Penny. Oh. And now they're bringing in Marshawn Lynch and an undrafted guy who, yeah. yes, they did play well against the 49ers and made the 49ers, who you guys will see how far I have them going later, um, to the very last wire. But um, they're the uh, they're the only other banked-up team in the NFC other than Dalvin Cook being hurt for the Vikings. They're the only other team that's had their offense being played with injuries and then the loss of Gordon to uh, the PED. The <laughs> but, I mean, this is this is the team Comeback that is, player of the year. This is the other vulnerable team in the NFC, and the Eagles get them at home because they won their division. That's why I think it would actually be a close game. I also think the Seahawks win, but I think it will be a – sadly, it will be a close game. I personally think that Bobby Wagner and the J.W. Clowney-led defense of the Seahawks will be able to shut them down. They shut them down last time. Because it's just – the way their team operates, I feel like they'll be able to keep him in the pocket, keep Carson Wentz in the pocket, and disable his run. And I feel like if Clowney's able to play how he sometimes plays and just get through a line like it's butter, unless it's Quinn and Nelson, in which case he gets decleated. But if he's able to get through a line like it's butter, like he was on the 49ers, Who? 49ers yep. like, like he did against the 49ers. He just he ran that game. He declared his dominance. He did, and just ran through him. So, I give that one. I give that to him. And I feel like Bobby Wagner is probably one of the best linebackers in the league right now, if not the best, because he is. He's a proved veteran. Yeah. He has. He's probably the smartest man on the field, most times. Most times, yeah. He has hands. He has a great tackling form, and he can blitz you and come from nowhere. So I feel like that game wouldn't be close, and I feel like the Se- Seahawks just beat the Eagles. I know this isn't the right episode to talk about the postseason, but I feel like if we're talking about the Eagles season in general, I feel like we have to include that. Yeah. And But I don't think it'll be close. I think it'll be a wipeout. The Eagles, they're a good team. They have few, They have a future. They're, pr- they're fairly young. Their wide receivers are a little older. And I feel like you bench Earth even if he's somewhat healthy. Even if he's 50% healthy for the postseason, you bench him. Because if he plays that game yeah. and gets injured, and his career is over, you lose your star. Yeah, that is true. You're the number one targeted person on that field. I I think that Seattle is gonna wash them because just good enough isn't gonna beat a team like Seattle, especially no. a Russell Wilson led Seattle team. That is, and the Seattle Seahawks overcame the number one seed. Yeah, in the it, NFC, you can't you can't just be good enough to beat nope. them. All right. All right, let's move on to the Cowboys. All right, let's let's see what you got. Okay, um, the Cowboys season, it looked great, and then it looked bad, and then it looked great, and then it looked really bad. <laughs> um, Cowboys. Jason Garrett's gone. Thank the gods. 
Um, Dak Prescott, give the man his money. He he is your future. Amari Cooper, you keep him. He is the star wide receiver you need. Zeke, you tell him you stay in for third downs. Don't let him call when he gets out of that play. If you need him for a third and one, run up the gut. You keep him in for that third, third, third and one, run up the gut. Um, Jason Witten, he probably has one more season in him. I would say keep him because you need him. He he's he is. Room. He's your locker room, and he's also the most reliable man on that field. You know when you throw it to him, other than the drop that he had against the Eagles, which was kind of like what happened. Yep. Um. He is your most reliable. He's like the Antonio Gates to Philip Rivers. Yeah. You need that man. Um, Tony Pollard. He's a rookie. He looked really good. I say keep him. And then when his rookie contract runs out, then I wouldn't pay for him. Because you have Zeke. Obviously, if Zeke gets injured, something changes. Defensive-wise. Cowboys. Um... You got your whole team's in the hospital. I don't understand what happened. Van Der Esch missed multiple games. Sean Lee missed multiple games. Byron Jones missed a game or two. Just their star players are out for the season, are out for the games that they needed, especially that Eagles game. Um. So to an extent, I can't fault their defense that much. They were really unhealthy, and if they're able to stay healthy, I feel like their season goes a different way. But honestly. I'm not one to blame coaching that much, but Jason Garrett's play calling <laughs> was god awful, and I feel like that is what cost them their season, their postseason. Yep. I just, I mean, I don't know exactly what position you should go for, Cowboys. All I know is Dak has an arm, Zeke has legs, or Mari Cooper is one of the best route runners in the league. Let them do what they do best. Don't call it. Don't call it a curl. Every single time for Amari Cooper. Let him go downfield. Let him break the cornerback. He's That's what he's there for. Zeke, you... And the fact that Jason Garrett wasn't able to control Zeke kind of showed that he was not the coach for them. Jerry Jones is the coach more than anything. <laughs> Jerry Jones doesn't have much more... have not have much longer on this earth. Yeah, Jerry... He's, he's, a, he's an older fellow, so I feel like he's going to retire sooner rather than later. Yep. Um, if I am the Cowboys, I put faith in the people that in the players that they drafted, the players they traded for, and the players they paid for. It was just like it, it was just watching like it was just watching an unenthusiastic it was like watching Joe Flacco. Yeah. In his last years. It just there was no enthusiasm until the last few weeks. It was Dak Prescott paying playing for his payday. Zeke already got his payday. So he kind of slacked off, even though it was one of his best. Even though he had a great season, it, it, it's nothing compared to his past ones. Yeah. And Amari Cooper missed a bunch of games because of health reasons. I would say keep Cooper, not keep Cooper, but let him rest. And then over the off season, I would try and get him more, get him as a bigger part of that offense because he deserves it. Your line rocks. Pay for your O line, keep them because they are what are making your They're team. They are the best offensive. They are line making in the your team. They are one of the function. best offensive lines in NFL history statistically. Yep, and uh, I don't. I mean, a lot of it was out of control, like defensive injury. You can't really control that, but you gotta you got power through it. And the defensive play calling was very sloppy. They would call a blitz on a play action. 
and they just get obliterated by it. They would all bite for the running back. It's a lot of IQ, a lot of coaching. Hopefully, whoever, whatever coach they bring in, end up getting, is a coach for them and is a good fit because they need a coach that is not going to be somebody that will sit down and let the players run the team. They need somebody that will step in, tell Zeke what to play and how to play because Zeke, you shouldn't, he shouldn't be allowed to just call out on a crucial play. And same thing with Amari Cooper. He did it one time, but Zeke took himself out of the play on a third and one run. The, one of the most influential plays of the game took himself out of. You can't let that happen. If you're a coach, you stay, You say you stay out there if you want to get paid. Like, for me, letting him do that was just not okay. Now, I have a question. Um, kind of looking back at the whole Cowboys season, I kind of noticed that they had a similar theme as another team that was hyped up to do very well. Would you say that they had a personality issue at times? Like... Some people wanted to control the team more than others. The team they're hinting towards is the Browns. Yep. And yes, I do agree. The same thing with how Jarvis Landry and Odo Beckham smelt blood. Yep. They they saw the they smelt the blood. They attacked. They saw Kitchens bleeding. And Kitchens yeah. wasn't the coach for them. Kitchens was not able to run the team. Was not able to be a leader, or at least get them under control. And the same thing with Jason Garrett. I, every time I was watching a Cowboys game, and I saw him on the sidelines with his arms crossed, <laughs> there was no emotion. The only time he showed emotion when, when was when there was a touchdown. When it's a first down, he looks like Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick has every right to show no emotion. He's the best quarterback, arguably, in league history. Best I'm sorry. <laughs> best coach in league history. Yep. So, I don't know. Jason Garrett's definitely the big flaw. There was an pers- identity issue, personality issue. Uh, they finally got it near the end, but it's too late. The damage is already done. Season's over. Yeah. Um, I think that they will bounce they, back in a strong way next year. No I feel like next season will be a big season for them. It will definitely define them because they are at the middle clip, middle track right now to where they could either be great or they could regress. Well, if they don't do well next year, someone's going to go because – Someone in that organization is going to realize if they don't do well next year, it's going to come down to some players just don't fit in this system. Yeah, I feel like. I, I agree with you. Um, But if I'm, like, for me, the Cowboys, are they going to progress or they're going to regress? They will not stay the same. Yeah. They will either fall down or they will stand up higher than ever. Yeah. Um, they're either going to have the number one record in the NFL last year or they're going to... Go back to your roots if I'm them. Go back to your roots. Trust your run game and trust your passing game even more. This No it, like Zeke is a running back that you give to on the third third down on the one. Obviously when he doesn't call himself out when he is playing and you he calls and you call a third and one run, you know he's gonna get that. This Cowboys, They didn't trust their team and I and I agree that's identity and it's personality. Yeah. This Cowboys team, this formula has worked in the past. Um, if anybody knows, most notably, it worked in the 90s. They are, this Cowboys team is a bootleg 90s Cowboys. In the 90s, you had Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, and Emmett Smith. Smith. And the best of the best of the line they would play. Yeah. And, but on defense, they still had Deion Sanders. So they at they least had. They didn't have Deion Sanders for long, though. They didn't have Deion Sanders for long, but they still had him. 
Um, so at least they had pieces on defense here and there. Uh, they also had Charles Haley. Um, so are you insinuating that the Cowboys don't have any pieces on defense? They, they have pieces on defense. What I'm saying is there is potential to be that dynasty. Yep. There is a lot of potential. The the factor the factors that made it work in the nineties was that everybody got along. Everybody was on the same page mentally, uh, in the system. And also Jimmy Johnson was their head coach and Jimmy Johnson is one of the best to ever do it. Um I agree. I, agree. I think that they need to find their coach, first of all. That 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 should be goal number one because what, what coach do you think they should go for? Uh honestly or are you unsure? I, I'm unsure, but uh, right I'm now Urban choice. Urban Meyer seems like the top choice. Urban Myers does seem like the top choice. I I've been thinking on it. Urban Myers is a great leader. He's great at rallying his troops to battle. Yep. He is and that's what they need. Um now the only thing is, will he get along with Jerry Jones? I, I don't know. He's a very, very alpha male kind of characteristic character is. to him yes, he is. so if jerry jones is trying to call the shots from the top from the front office and not let him run the team how he wants i i feel like there'll be a falling out and they will regress but if in the off chance they're able to get along they could be one of the top teams in the league yeah i think that if Worst comes to worst, and even even if this happens, it's not even a bad situation. If they can't find a coach and they have to rely on the players to work together and to mesh on their own, the key to this team is Dak Prescott. Whether whether people want to believe it or not, whether Dak haters want to say so or not, Dak Prescott is Emmett Smith was the Emmett Smith was the the piece that made everything work in the 90s. He was the player that made everything work. He opened up the passing game for Aikman and Irvin, and he demolished the run game whenever he had the chance. Um, That's what Dak is to this team. Zeke, I don't see it. He's too vocal. He's He's not a leader. He's just a hothead at times. Amari can be the same. Um, But Dak... Dak is very calm, collected. He's your typical, like, franchise quarterback. Okay, I agree with you. Um, why are you? Why would you say that Amari Cooper's a hothead? What other other than him taking uh, out of yeah. that play one time? What how? What else would classify as a hothead? I understand Zeke going to Cabo and sitting out. Yeah, I understand that. But Amari Cooper has done nothing but practice, oh, yeah. work out, and train with his team. Say, Other than calling himself out for that one play, yeah, I don't think he's I, a hothead. I, I think he I is... Wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily use hothead. I would say that if it happened, like, we've now that we've seen it happen with Amari, we know that there's always a possibility that it'll happen, and we know that it's in there within him. And we don't know what exactly goes on at those practices, what goes on in that locker room after the games, where they lose, they lose bad. Uh, or when Amari doesn't get the ball as much. But we've seen, we may even though we've only seen it once out of him, it's there. We've never seen anything like that from Dak. Dak is very calm and collected. Um. Okay. 
I I agree with you to an extent. I get that you see that, but to an extent, do you have to take into account that wasn't he injured for most of the season? He was playing injured for through most of the season. He wasn't able to play full games, limited snap counts. Yep. Do you think he may have called himself out for another reason other than he didn't want to play that down? Do you think it may, it may have been an injury? I I don't know. There's always I, I can't I can't prove that right or wrong. If if that's the case, then I stand corrected and then there could be two leaders and that would be an even better situation for Dallas um, because it takes more than one person to keep Zeke level-headed. <laughs> um, so my opinion on Zeke is he's a hothead that when he gets into the game, he's one of the most dominant running oh, yeah. runners in the game. If your coach doesn't have a grasp on your team, even one of the most level-headed, respectful wide receivers like Jarvis Landry, Start yelling at the coach, back talking the coach, because the yeah. coach is. Yeah, you don't see that out of Jarvis Landry ever. I th- this is the first season you've ever seen out of Jarvis Landry, and he was on the Dolphins for yeah. the bulk of his career so far. <laughs> the Dolphins. And then he goes to Cleveland. And then he went to Cleveland, and they had they were well, how they start off the season zero and four, zero and four, and he then went to an even more depressing city. They, yeah, they, and then he went to the Browns, and he didn't even do that last year. Hugh Jackson was able to. Yeah. Just. Hugh Be- Jackson, Baker Mayfield, their offensive line, Nick Chubb, everything went. The Browns, right. okay, and we're getting a little off topic here, but the Browns, if I'm the Browns, I don't care who your coach is, but you need to get somebody that can control Baker. Yeah, you need, yeah, Baker, Baker, he's got potential as a quarterback. He needs an offensive line and he needs to stay quiet. He needs to not be cocky. That that is his biggest downfall. Is he gets cocky, he gets way in over his head, and it destroys him. Uh, he thinks that it feels like at times he thinks he's this Tom Brady esque player when he's not. He needs to he needs to take the hard to swallow pill and accept the fact that he needs to work to be at that Tom Brady level. Um. Do you think that he has this head of steam uh, in him because of the hype he got him? But the hype he got, the fans, the fans love, and the the commercials. Do you, or do you think it's him actually believing in his skill? Um, honestly, the believing, I, it's tough to say. I would say it's both, but. Believe being cocky because you believe in your skill that can go one of two ways. That can be a great thing or it can be a horrible thing. It's a blessing and a curse. So, yeah, yeah, you can be like Richard Sherman who who believes t- in his skill talks, and backs it talks up. trash nonstop, backs but goes out there and makes Rich. the plays. That's I why mean, I love Rich. I love Rich too. See, yeah. I think Rich is a great player. Oh, he's, yeah. he's a great player. He's got a big mouth though. Yeah. I don't like that he called out Crabtree because I believe that Crabtree is Crabtree's actually Crabtree was, was a solid a wide receiver. receiver. So I don't think he, he had the right to call him out like that. But he did apologize it's, later on. It's his personality. Yeah, he gets he puts his heart into the game. You saw when he was in the 49ers game. It was what was it? 49ers versus uh, he came out limping. Oh uh, yeah, and he went he, right he, back he went, in. Yeah, he came out. He he was, could, he's he had, limping onto the field. The he garden. couldn't. He couldn't walk. He had. To, he hopped on one leg off the field and then went back on for the next play. But then had to be like. Yeah, and he had to be restrained off the field. And as some people say, the top rusher in the league, Zeke, would. He, he wouldn't have walked out there if he's limping. No, he's, no. he's sitting on that no, bench. No, Zeke, he's sitting on that bench, Zeke looking at the, letting the people go to him. 
But all right, let's go back. Let's go back on top. We got a little. We got a little sidetracked. All right. Yep. Cowboys. What happened? <laughs> How can you beat the Eagles, thirty-eight to seventeen, and then lose to them at without home, scoring a touchdown at home? How can you drop thirty-eight on a team and then not even score a touchdown on them at home? <laughs> at home. In the defining game of the season. That, that was their game to win their division. If they win that, they play it's against over. the Skins next week. That's a win. It's over. Whoever won that game won the division because you either play against the Skins or you play against the Giants, and that's a free win for that's, both that's of those a, teams. Yeah. Uh, just, Jason Garrett, I wish you good luck in the future. I don't Cowboys know. are not your team, and there might be a team that will support you, but... I heard the Giants were looking for a job. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think the Giants need him. The Cowboys Dolphins need an alpha. They do not need a beta. That's that is my thing. Cowboys get a get a good coach, and your team could you could skyrocket to one of the better teams in the NFL. Hey, give Jason. Hey, give give Jason Garrett credit. All right, maybe maybe he'd be a good high school coach. Right? <laughs> maybe a middle school rec coach, but be a better high school coach for our high school team. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next topic we're going to talk about is uh, the NFL awards of the season. So we're going to start with uh, defensive player of the year, and uh, who you guys, who you guys, who do you guys think will win that? Shaquille Barrett. Shaquille Barrett. Um, I think Shaquille Barrett has the overall best numbers, but since he doesn't have the name and the recognition like the other candidates do, I think they're going to give it to Stephon Gilmore. I, I understand your point, but nineteen Stephon and a half Gilmore's sacks. sorry performance against Devontae Parker in the final week that definitely the hurt final him. week that yeah. meant first seed. I mean, not first seed, second seed, bye week, bye week or not no bye week. His sorry performance against Devontae Parker was just pitiful. I don't. There's no defensive player of the year for me there. No, I agree with that. Uh, Vegas has Vegas still has Stephon Gilmore's uh, odds like ten times. Shaq Barrett had what nine sacks in four weeks or something ridiculous yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I finished I with nineteen and a half sacks. Yeah, I I think Shaquille Barrett deserves it. I yeah. think Stephon Gilmore will win it. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. but I think people will take more into account more of his name than what he his performance and he, he's had great performances against bad QBs. And when he was up against Ryan Fitzpatrick, Devontae Parker, and I can't even name you one player on that offensive line, <laughs> the fact that he wasn't able to lock him down, a Devontae Parker who has had a breakout year this year, the fact that he wasn't able to lock him down was just kind of yeah. yeah, not defensive player of the year. like. All right, so one I'm really excited to talk about is uh, offensive player of the year. Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey. You want to tell him the stat that Christian McCaffrey – Third player in NFL history uh, to have a 1,000-1,000 season. The first player was Roger Craig in 1985 with the 49ers. Second player was Marshall Falk with the greatest show on turf, St. Louis Rams, um, I believe in 2001. Yeah. Um, that, that alone is an accomplishment, and it, it's not like he just barely had 1,000 rushing yards and barely 1,000 receiving yards. I mean, he had barely a thousand receiving yards, but rushing yards, he had what, twelve hundred, thirteen hundred to finish the year. Uh, and I mean, he he smashed a thousand, and he he carried the Panthers because they had Brick Allen at quarterback. So 
Evan? Um, I have Michael Thomas here. He broke the single-season reception record and can't guard Mike. He has been nothing but over-reliable for Drew Brees. And I don't think I've seen – I saw him drop an uncontested ball this whole season. Um, so. I think both of these players had incredible seasons. And I think um, if it wasn't for – we'll get to the MVP. The, the, the player that's going to win MVP, if it wasn't for his incredible season, they both would have great chances to win MVPs in their own right. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick one to vote for, I think I would vote for Michael Thomas. And I think it comes down to that you look at his team's play. Um, the Saints had a way better season. Yes, they have a better team than the uh, than the Panthers, but that helps them in the voting. And when you have a backup quarterback come in for five weeks and is able to win because they can rely on a guy like Michael Thomas to be open and to make catches, Damn. For that backup quarterback, uh, I think that's what's going to give him the slight edge over Christian McCaffrey. Damn, lost again. <laughs> and I've never, in my opinion, Michael Thomas, I've never seen a man that could get double coverage and just be wide open regardless. Hopkins last year. No, no, but I'm <laughs> saying every single time he stepped out yeah. to go for a pass, yeah. he's wide open. Now, yeah. if Drew Brees looked at him or not, that's not his fault. Yeah. Why and, this is, and this is nothing against Christian McCaffrey. Chris, like Schwab said, yeah. I mean, he is... It's only happened three times. Michael Thomas has happened once. He broke the record. It's they both yeah. put up insane seasons, and it's it's a shame that they they can't get MVPs for their performance. My my argument: if we could switch out comeback player of the year for another offensive player of the year, yeah, hands down, do that. <laughs> yeah, just give it, make them share it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, my reasoning for McCaffrey winning it isn't even the fact that it's only the third time that it's happened in NFL history. Because if you look at the numbers. Eckler, if he played Austin Eckler of the Chargers, if he played, uh, if he was the starter, the main running back for them the entire year, he probably would have gotten it as well. Um, 1,000, 1,000. He was seven yards short of 1,000 receiving yards. Um, and I believe he finished with se- with 700 rushing yards. And he wasn't even their main running back for, what, 12 weeks of the season? 10 weeks of the season? So... I mean, he had a very good shot. In that argument, I see your point, but teams didn't plan their defense around Eckler. Yeah. They uh, my, more my, Keenan I know, Allen and I know. Melvin Gordon train. I know. I'm trying to say that, like... it's a, But, like, with Christian McCaffrey, every team played against... Teams only planned they, for him. They yeah. would still crowd put the box. Numbers. That's what... Put a linebacker yeah. on coverage on him, man-man. Yeah, and he, could, and he could still get it done on both the ground and... Through yeah. the air. Even Which, when teams knew that that was the only way the Panthers would they, score. They, they stopped knew, them from winning, but they couldn't stop they, McCaffrey from winning. They knew them. the ball was going to McCaffrey one way or another, and they still couldn't stop him. And he and got it done in two different ways. I'm, Michael Thomas is my offensive player of the year, but thank you, McCaffrey. For my fantasy teams say thank you. <laughs> All right, rookie defensive player of the year. Nick Bosa. I think it's Nick Bosa as well. I it's I, I have to go with Nick Boza and but your shout out to your boy. I gotta go with Devin Bush. Yeah. Like, Devin Bush had a great year. Devin Bush he had, had a great year. year. He it was well, uh, the Ravens Steelers game. Josh Allen either. Hmm. Oh, yeah, Josh Allen. Josh at Allen. the Ravens Steelers game, he was in every hole. The hole was formed and he filled that in. There was one play on the end near the end zone. He, he rolled and still was able to get the tackle. Yeah. He slid five yards into the man's shins and still got the perfect tackle while he was like on his back like a turtle. Yeah. But 
I it, it, you can't not give it to Nick Bosa. Nick yeah. Bosa has elevated the um, nope. 49ers defense. Nobody's mentioned him, but uh, Josh Allen on the Jaguars is also a very prominent choice. I I agree with you, but at the point I feel like yeah. the two two players that we it, before, it's it's Bosa or Bush. It, but I think Bosa. Bosa takes it. Yeah. <laughs> Basi- basically, what we're saying is that it's Nick Bosa. Yeah. It's Nick Bosa, but I feel like in in the future, Devin Bush will become a stud yeah. linebacker. Um, and then we have rookie offensive player of the year, Kyler. I agree that it's Kyler Murray. Kyler. I have to go with my boy AJ Brown. Kyler. Yeah, Evan. One of the I called. I called AJ Brown being a stud this year since day one. You did. And he's had multiple hundred yard games. And he's kind of came in clutch in the, the most Titans important duo. games, even when the pressure was stacked on him and the teams were like putting their cornerback number one on him. He Over was still able to get open. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that he was able to take the wide receiver one position over Corey Davis and become the most trusted wide receiver they have over Corey Davis, a veteran, in his rookie year just shows his dominance. And I feel like the league will have a lot to fear from him. And I don't. And obviously, Kyler Murray did the most with the least. Yep. But. AJ Brown is doing the most on a team that's in the postseason, and I feel like a lot of it is attributed to him. Ryan Tannehill, I, I don't want to say this might be a little zealous, but I think around one third to a half of his yards are just AJ throwing to AJ Brown. Yeah. So. I think um, one of the I think a, I th- I think a player that could have taken it from Kyler Murray would have been uh, Josh Jacobs with the Oakland Raiders, and he kept them. Their playoff hopes alive, and then the last three games of the season, he sadly couldn't play. And First 1,000-yard uh, rookie rusher. Uh, ru- rookie rusher. Yeah, rookie rusher. Since uh, what was it? No, in Raiders history. Yeah, in Raiders history? Yep. Yeah, it wasn't in league history. And um, what's it called? But I still feel like – I feel like A.J. Brown might be able to take it over Kyler just because of his team's yeah. efficiency and able to make the playoffs after a rough start. Yeah. And I also feel like even when they were rough, he was playing dominant. AJ Brown and Kyler um, both have something holding them back. Kyler has his team's record. AJ Brown uh, has a team record, a good team record. But uh, when you look at the numbers, they're going to attribute a lot of that to obviously Derek Henry. I think this will be one of the closest votings. It is. I but I think AJ Brown takes it over top just because of his playoff going to the playoffs. Yeah. Kyler, Kyler's done the most with the least, and that's what you want to see in a quarterback. I th- no, yeah, he. Yeah. I, I think that's what you want to see in a in a quarterback. Yeah, when yeah. it comes to this voting, it's 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 who it's production. Now he's produced. It's gonna be Kyler, close. Kyler's produced. It's gonna be very close. But I feel like the fact that he's able to produce on the pressure, on the most important games, even when Derrick Henry was not. Yeah. Um, it shows. I it just shows a lot of just being offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. To me. So for comeback play of the year, uh, this was in my predictions in the very first podcast episode. Uh, I have Earl Thomas. Um, Earl Thomas. And yeah, you guys can t- give your thoughts on that as well. I can't even think of another player that that was injured last year that really came back and set it up this yeah. year. I think it's undisputed, Earl Thomas. Yeah. This is my least favorite award. Um, it it really because comeback player of the year, like yes, it's a good story award. It's but the pity award. Yeah, it, you have to <laughs> bank on someone not. Um, not yeah. being in the league last year and then coming back this year. I mean, I guess another candidate could be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. You nearly ended your career last year and yeah. came back from it. Congratulations! But I would, I would still played last year and 
produced. Yeah, but he, yeah. he hurt himself, or he's been hurt he for a while. He got hurt by Cleo Mack in the beginning. Yeah, yep. so I guess he could be, I mean, I guess he could be up for the award. I would much rather them change this to a most improved award. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, most improved might be Derrick Henry. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm <laughs> kidding. And um, another one that I think will probably be the most voted on, most spread out voting, close voting, would be Coach of the Year. I think there's there's just so many options. Um, my initial reaction goes to John Harbaugh, Shanahan, and the way that um, Harbaugh has been able to produce this highly run offensive unit um, with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Uh, they broke the rushing record for the NFL in history, and they have a number one ranked offense, number three ranked defense, and they are uh, we have eight starters that on our defense that were not starters in week one. And to have the one seed and overcome all that and just make your team better every week uh, shows what great leader leadership he's put into Baltimore. I think it's I think it's gonna be as good as. Uh, Harbaugh is gonna win, but I honestly think that Shanahan should win it because if you look at where the Forty ers were as a team, one two years ago. I mean, two years ago they were what, two and fourteen, three and thirteen. They were they were the worst team in the NFL. Other than Cleveland, uh, they were they were god awful, and Shanahan comes in and and Belichick mu- gifts them Garoppolo, and much and much like his father uh, at the start of his career, um, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan came into San Francisco and he changed everything, uh, and he's been fantastic. He has this, he has that genius card that hasn't been quite figured out yet. Um, personally, I think John Harbaugh will win it. My dark horse is Mike Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tomlin's a great um, choice. I just, for me, I can't name a team in recent history that has went through three different quarterbacks. One of them being Duck Hodges. Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph. And then Ben when he got before he got And then Big Ben. They went to the third string and still ended up as an 8-8 eight and eight team. They were eligible the last week of the playoffs. El- yeah, well, eligible last week for the, the playoffs. And another, co- another coach that could be brought up, and he won't win it, but uh, John Gruden. I think you can ask any, you can ask anybody, even Raiders fans, if they would have been alive week seventeen. Um, had it I'm, not been for John Gruden, I'm a low. I, my Raiders are my second favorite team, and I had them fourth in the division. Um, I personally, I, I understand your point. Like he did, he did a lot with a team that wasn't even expected to have more than four wins. But them being eligible in week seventeen. Mm-hmm. 10 things had to go right. Oh, it was like and four everything. things had to go right, but that was without Josh Jacobs the last three weeks as well. No, if yeah, he, I agree. If they, he's playing, they have a better shot. I just feel like you have to give it to either Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, or Shanahan. I think if yeah. Tomlin would have snuck into the playoffs, he would have been a lot higher. Yeah. But he just missed it, which is a shame because he, he coached as well as anyone could this year. Yeah. And then the one we're all waiting for, the MVP award. Do we even need to talk about this? It's it's Lamar Jackson. I think it would be a landslide vote for Lamar Jackson. I don't. I don't. There's no. Russell Wilson candidate. was the only other one that competed with him at all this year. Russell but, Wilson was the last one. He needed to complete the mission, and and he, he fell off like three weeks ago. Yeah. It has been it's, undoubtedly Lamar it's, Jackson's year. It's he's put up all the he's leads the league in passing touchdowns. He's he broke the rushing record. Yeah, by two hundred yards, three thousand uh, passing yards, one thousand rushing yards. 36 touchdown passes. He's sixth in the NFL in rushing yards. Yeah. What, he has receptions. 
He has five. Five. He has uh more total yards than like half the teams in the league. He has more total yards than I believe eight teams, eight yeah. entire teams in the NFL. So, uh, it, I mean, it, was there really any question? I keep I kept on bringing it up to these guys, but he was benched four times this year for beating, for beating for beating teams didn't that play bad. An entire game. There was a span where he was benched three weeks in a row. Yep. For beating teams that bad. And one of those teams being Houston, a playoff team. Yep. I mean, that's that's just scary. I, like, uh, he was one of them being level. Houston and one of them being the Rams, which their defense is no joke. Yep. So, I think a big. I agree. The only the only argument against Lamar is the team around him. Yeah. Because even when we sat out all of our first, like not all of ours, but a lot of our first strings on offense, and a few first strings on defense. We still beat the Steelers, a playoff contender team, ten to twenty six. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but the, I mean, like you said, they're on their third quarterback. They're no, and I, I agree with yeah. that. But I mean, they're on duck. I still yeah. feel like, mm-hmm. but the fact that they were able to go eight and seven to that game. Yeah. With the third string, it still doesn't justify beating them ten to twenty six without a lot of our starters. Robert Griffin played a good game. Yeah. <laughs> In the rain. He did. I mean, he all the power to RG three. Yeah. yeah, it was good to see him win a home I, game. I hope he has a future in the NFL. Yeah, that's not second string. Um, but I think the teams teams that want him and teams that will go and fight for him want to see him play one more game. Mm-hmm. That's not in the rain and see how he actually performs. So yeah. I can see that. Good for him. Hey guys, so uh, now we're gonna talk about. Our hits and misses on this year. Uh, so my misses, my big misses on this year uh, was I said the Vikings were going to be last in their division, and I said that Phillip Rivers was going to have a big year. Uh, my mindset when I said the Vikings were going to be last in their division was they had a fantastic team, but their biggest issue was Kirk Cousins, and I also I wasn't too certain about Mike Zimmer as a head coach either. Um, I thought that they wouldn't be able to, you know, go as far as they did, also being in a rather tough division as well. Um, I didn't think that they would be able to match up against other teams in their division. Uh, I was sadly mistaken. Uh, I, I knew Dalvin Cook was good. Uh, Stefan Diggs always has been a good player and honestly has always been underrated. Um, their defense, uh, my boy Harrison Smith, can never forget about him. Um, he, he had a great year. Um, but uh, my mindset was just that I didn't see Kirk Cousins or uh, Mike Zimmer being able to, you know, make everything work. Uh, and my other miss was Phillip Rivers uh, having a big year. Uh, I think I explained it when we actually talked about it at first. Um, Philip Rivers is inconsistent, and I saw it as kind of like a 50-50. What did you write? It's about Harrison Smith. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Philip Rivers is inconsistent, so it was kind of a 50-50 choice for me, but I also, uh, saw, you know, the potential in the team. Uh, I thought that Keenan Allen was gonna, you know, have a good year. I thought that Melvin Gordon was gonna be able to dominate in the run game, uh, once he was gonna start playing. And that took six weeks. Yeah, that yeah, yeah that 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 also. Okay. Um. 
Another thing that me and Schwab missed on big time was um, Baker. Baker. <laughs> yeah. Now we didn't. We smartly did not have them winning our division. But other side. But um, we did. I did. I especially thought. <laughs> I especially thought about um, Baker being taking another a further step. He had the offensive rookie receiving touchdown record, and I did not expect this year to go so bad. Yes, there was some questionable. Um, f- organizational moves. Imagine that the Browns made bad organization moves by uh wow, giving well, Freddie first. Yeah, by giving Freddie <laughs> the starting head job after he's been a- and taking away their entire offensive yeah. line. So, I guess we should have not overreacted by all the uh post uh off season signings, but we were smart enough to only put them at as least the wild card. Yeah, at least we the didn't sixty wild card. Yep. Um and. Was there another big team we missed on? Oh, the Bears. The Bears. We both had the Bears. Um, Mitch. We both had the All Bears. Had the Bears. Yeah. Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we both had the Bears winning our division. Um, mine was solely based around my man crush on Khalil Mack and how much I love hey, that man. He's mine. He's mine. Um, There's and, enough of him to share, guys. And Evan. And Evan um, He's a big dude. <laughs> and Evan. Evan's love for Mr. Biscay. Um, it's not. I would have called that a love. Okay. Not anymore. I see a future. <laughs> I saw a future in him. I just thought the Bears and were good all around. I, he was. A, I <laughs> mean, he, he had a. He, he was coming off a. Pro, <laughs> he was coming off a Pro Bowl season, so I was in my thought process. I was like, he's going to repeat it, and he's going to be this QB that the Bears need. He might not be the best overall passer or the best overall rushing QB. He's the hero of the city, but he would need. be their not not their savior, but not but a part of the solution. Yeah. And, and this year he regressed in the beginning and then started to show glimpses of what he was last year and near the end. And I feel like I, w- I would give him one more year because if he's able to not regress in the beginning of the next season, and prove their himself. defense is great. There you are. Their offense can be great if they function. And Trubisky doesn't throw interceptions everywhere <laughs> and anywhere. And doesn't duck and it. And doesn't throw two-yard passes for the f- every single time he throws the ball for the first five, se- five games. Or miss him. Um, I feel like they could have a season next year. So. Yeah, and um, another reason, at least, or another team that we missed on was the Packers. Me and Schwab both had them missing the uh, playoffs, but that was due to, like Schwab said earlier, their tougher division. And I really just thought that this Bears defense would have been repeat of last year and dominated their division. You have the likes of Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Roquan Smith. Well, Hicks uh, hurt this David, yeah, and, and his, her, his injury really stopped. They could not stop the run. You also have Eddie Jackson, Prince of Mukamura. This this defense is built to be a tank, but like Evan said, Akeem Hicks missed almost the whole season, right? He missed seven games. Yeah, and they just could not stop the run in those games, and that led to the Packers getting the second seed with a 13-3 record, which I honestly cannot believe. Um, We also missed on the Cowboys, but we've already covered that. And now we can talk about who we hit. All right, I'll go first. Oh. I have one more. I have a oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I have an answer. Um, oh. I, had the, I, had, I had the Jets winning the division. And now let me explain before the flag comes. They drafted Quinn and Williams, third overall. Right? Third overall? Yep. Third overall. Yep. And I think he has a lot of potential, and he will become a bigger part of the defense next year. Um, I had Sam Darnold progressing over the offseason. And he got mono. And he's showing his true colors, and then he just became Mr. Inconsistent, which kind of feels bad. 
I had Le'Veon Bell having a better season than he did, which was Le'Veon Bell was med- terrible mediocre season. best at best this season. Nice job. Um, I had Jamal Crawford. Not Jamal Crawford. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jamal. I'm sorry. Jamal Crawford. Adams. James Crowder. Right? Crowder. James Crowder. Crowder. Why did I say Jameson Crowder? I'm sorry. I had Crowder being a bigger part of the offense than he was this year. Um, and he just was not there. And um, the line, the O-line for the Jets was just god-awful. Le- Le'Veon Bell did not play. He did not adapt well to a bad O-line. I will not defend him on that point. But if he has more, if he has one more second in the in the run game, the sit back and because the play how he Le'Veon Bell plays, I feel like he could have been more explosive. I think um, Le'Veon Bell, like this is not against you, this is on Le'Veon Bell. Um, should have known the risk from going from a top three O-line with the Steelers. Where he can sit because he his he's made a career off of waiting longer than normal and then picking a hole that forms late. All that time but, in Miami really set him back. But with the Jets, there's there's no waiting because no, if you, you wait, you're just there's two people on you. And I agree with you. Like that's why I said he did not adapt well. Yeah. If he were to just get rid of a little bit of that patience, patience is a great thing on a running back, but he has way too much. Yeah, you, have, you don't have time. It's almost like yeah. he's stalling. Not, not, with, not with the Jets O-line. You have to hit the hole when you it's, see it. It's like he's stalling sometimes. It, he honestly just needs to be like Gus. Gus the bus. Just hit that gap, the and you bus. run You run straight, put that head down. Gus um, Edwards, whoever doesn't know who we're talking And then about. I also, I had, obviously, Jamal Adams being a great player. So I was like, he's going to make big plays, and he's going to be able to help out that team. Also, CJ Mosley, a big trade on the offseason. A big sign. Barely played any games. <laughs> so... That was the that was one of their leaders out for the count for the game for the season. Uh, one a, a linebacker at that, a great linebacker, somebody that could have filled up the problems that were ha- they were having. Uh, I was I wasn't I was kind of worried about their cornerbacks, but I was not that worried about them. I think they had a gr- I think they had a good D line going into it. Uh, I don't really know exactly what happened other than their offense throwing four picks every other game, and CJ Mosley being out. So, I was wrong. That's a miss. And then, yeah, let's move on the hits. All right. So, my hit of the season was Derrick Henry. Uh, I'm very proud of this one. He set career marks. Keep in mind, he only played 15 games. Uh, played 16 games. Yep. One of them was a bye. That's... He played 15, played 15 games. He set career marks in rushing attempts, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns. Uh, rushing yards per game, uh, yards per carry. Uh, for exact numbers, he had 303 rushing attempts for 1,540 yards. 1,540 yards led the league. Uh, 16 touchdowns, which also tied him for first in the league. Uh, 5.1 yards per carry, which was, I believe, top six in the league. Um, 102.7 rushing yards per game, which was first in the league. Um, receiving game, he's, he's got to work on that. He's, he's not a receiving back. All right. We'd like, but, but he was, a he was, when they were still trying to figure out what they were, uh, when Marcus Mariota was their quarterback, it was Derrick Henry that was kind of carrying load. And I, um, Derrick Henry ran for 40 yards in one of, one of those games, yeah. and then 80 and then another 80, then a hundred. Yeah. How is that carrying? 
that's not Christian McCaffrey doing 100 yards in both receiving and offensive and getting three touchdowns carrying a team. How is that carrying? Because, I mean, he scored one, two touchdowns in all those games. He was getting them points for him. Uh, Christian McCaffrey scored three touchdowns in a game and carried his team to wins. The Titans went two and two. But Derrick Henry led the league in rushing yards and touchdowns. At the end of the season, but not during the games you were saying. I will pull them up. Go for it. All right. Uh, yep. Uh, actually, no, you're right. I um, and in the games... Okay. And, then, and then after those four games, he became... He, he broke he, out. Yeah. Uh, but a big part of that was their passing game forming, correct? Yeah, part of that was their passing game forming. Um, I will say, I will say one thing. Derrick Henry really hates Jacksonville. Yeah, he, he really re- does. He, he really, he really hates Jacksonville. If you show up in your rival games, your fans seem to love He really just does not like Jacksonville. Um, so I, I, I wasn't trying to take away from you. Yeah, that was a great call. Yeah, but I just wanted to defend. Yeah, the yeah, point yeah. That no. Me and yeah. Evan would have never called Derrick Henry to have the most rushing yards this year. Yes, I would have laughed. Last you year. did laugh. <laughs> you did laughed. laugh. I never laughed at you. I doubt, you didn't. I doubted you didn't. You. Yeah, no, you doubted. But no, I, def- I don't want to take anything away from yeah, you. Yeah, no, no. I'm just saying that he did not carry the team in the first four games. It took Ryan Tannehill coming and getting another a surge getting a of spark. Um, yeah. Yeah, a spark in the yeah. team. Which Derrick really... Henry has needed in his career. No, yes. And he yeah. he's the league rushing leader. Yeah. But I don't believe he single-handedly, other than the Jacksonville game, carried his team to a win. I mean, that Houston he big, game. He was a big part of it. But the, la- the last Houston game. I don't think he'd be in my top five. I don't, I don't have him in my top five either. Okay. The last Houston game he did carry, though. Yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> but I still feel like the top five, if healthy, my yeah. top five, if healthy. Um, do you want to go to your next hit? I don't think I really had any more hits. And that was your big one? That, I, I'm really just going over, like, my one big hit. Obviously, oh. there are some other little yeah. small ones that okay. I... That are, Evan, do you want to yeah. go? Yeah. And me and Evan combined for, we picked three wide receivers, and all three of our wide receivers hit. So yes, we're we the did. wide receiver show, apparently. Yeah. So... Uh, beginning of the season. Actually, actually, I can give you Diggs. You did say yeah, Diggs. Yeah, I did say Diggs. Diggs. Yeah. And Diggs stepped up big time when he, Thielen he went came, down. Yep, he came yeah. in where Thielen was obviously injured. Yeah. Um, My hits, Support A.J. Boys. Brown. Uh, no, uh, runner up. <laughs> the runner up for, the runner up for offensive player, offensive rookie of the year. Well, not runner up. Uh, contention yeah. for offensive rookie of the year. <laughs> he already, he already admitted it. Shut your mouth. Shut, shut all of your mouth. All right. <laughs> All I'm going to say Tyler. is when he wins over Tyler, Kyler. Tyler. Tyler. You see, that's, what I'm, that's my point. A.J. Brown is going to win. A.J. Brown had a great rookie season. And I'll give you that. I called it at the beginning of the season that he will be their wide receiver number one. And he will be the be a dominant force in the NFL. Um, I also want to talk on Devontae Parker. The man came out of nowhere and just ran games. Just single-handedly. And, and, then when, and then I want to talk about what he did to the quote-unquote, quote I disagree with this, defensive player of the year, mm-hmm. Stefan Gilmore. Yeah. <laughs> Wide open. Nick he took Bosa. Their bye away from them. Huh? He took their bye away from He them. did. I've, and, like, this defensive player of the year, the guy that's been hyped up, I think it's I think it's because he played against bad QBs this whole 
this whole season. Enter the conversation where I thought we were talking about Devontae Adams the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, you really yeah. did. That was sad. Yeah, that was really sad. Devontae Parker <laughs> studded up when like the Devontae team Adams. the team didn't really need it, but he's shown that he can put up great numbers on anyone. Any cornerback you throw on him, the best cornerback in the league went up to him. I think Jalen Ramsey is, but right now the best cornerback in the league, stat-wise, he went up there and made him look like a cornerback number two. So, more of the power, to, more all the power to Devontae Parker. I called him being great. Thank you for proving me right. You also have one more hit that you didn't write down. Oh, you're tight end in Oakland. Oh, Darren, Darren Waller. Waller. boy. I did. I did call Darren Waller. And he drafted him on both our both his both our fantasy both of our fantasy and teams. I drafted. Had us pay for it. So yes, because yeah. Darren Waller is. Okay, he went. He was at the Ravens, and he never played a full season until this year. He he had a lot of problems, whether it was drugs or being suspended for other reasons. So, I I felt like he had he has the potential, and who else is Carr going to throw it to? No one. No one. He this the tight, ghost end, of this tight end that's fast, strong, dis well now disciplined. The ghost of Amari Cooper. And a team that gave him, a team that gave him, another chance after being suspended for three or four years straight, he's going to play his heart out for that team. So, thank you for Darren Wall for proving me right. Um, another player that I know me and Evan agreed on, and probably you might have too, uh, is Jared Cook. Yep. Yeah. Um, we watched him last year on the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Be one of the only players, and then when we knew he was going to the Saints, we knew he. Was, uh, Drew Brees is going to light him up in the red zone. And Jared Cook's always been a beast. He has nine touchdowns this year. He's always been a beast. So, um, yeah, he's he's had a great year with the uh, New Orleans Saints. And my two big um, hits of the off, uh, from the podcast uh, is the wide receiver that I hinted to earlier with um, Evan is Corlin Sutton. Yep. Uh, when talking about Denver, I talk about how uh, I'm excited about this team's future because I love the weapons that they have. Uh, it's a shame of their quarterback play. They uh, had <laughs> Joe Flacco to start. Rapping on the sideline. Uh, <laughs> they had Joe Flacco to start, Drew Locke, and Brandon Allen. And that's honestly hurting Corlin Sutton. But hey, even man, with that. Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> even with Joe that, Flacco. he had uh, he averaged nine yards a catch, 72 receptions, 1,112 yards, and six touchdowns on the season. And was just really, really impressive. And my biggest hit was Russell Wilson, who I predicted way back before the podcast even started when he got his new contract and he was, at that point, the highest-played player. I said Russell Wilson comes in with a great um, mentality, a great love for the game, a love for his team, and he's going to come in and have an MVP-like season. And he did get outplayed for the MVP by uh, Lamar Jackson, but it's because Lamar Jackson had a season that we've never seen before. But Russell Wilson got his wounded team to... Go up head to head with the 49ers and try to take the division in week 17 and came up one inch short. He got his team to the wild card and they'll play the Eagles on Saturday. And this year he had 4,110 passing yards with 31 touchdowns and five interceptions. And um, I was just really, really happy for him. Um, he's just a very easy guy to love and rally behind. And I was really excited to see him this season play so well. Yeah, I agree with you. And the fact that he was able to be a second. MVP second MVP running with a team surrounding him definitely proves that he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, 
and, is, and deserves every penny that he's getting paid. Yeah, and I was uh, extremely high on this team coming into the league, uh, coming into the year. I had them winning their division. I've fallen out of love with the team, but not because of Russell Wilson, because of how dependent this team is oh, of Russell yeah. Wilson. It's pretty much they expect Russell Wilson to make crazy hat trick plays, his running, running, running around the pocket, extending plays. And they, it's almost like they expect two of these plays a game to win games, and that's just not realistic at all. So could you compare this team to the Packers team right now? Um, no. Yes. Uh, yes, but here's the, I would give the Packers a little edge Yeah. because they haven't lost their running back. They I, still have um, Aaron Jones, Aaron who Jones. was tied for first in the NFL in rushing touchdowns. Yeah, but he also has a fumbling problem. And no one yeah, he does have a fumbling it. problem. <laughs> but uh, I would say pretty much the Packers and the Seahawks were the same team to me, only the Seahawks have now lost Penny and Carson, and the Packers still have Aaron Jones. But that's why I don't love the Packers, and you'll see that in our next video. And I kind of think they're one of the most overrated two seeds out there in recent history. But... I do. I am a big fan of Aaron Rodgers, so you never know what he can do. Any other thoughts? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, two of my other smaller hits uh, that I forgot to mention. One, uh, I did. I did say his name earlier when talking about the Vikings. Uh, Harrison Smith, yet another Pro Bowl season. Uh, Evans, Evans, oh. Evans shaking his head right now. <laughs> he doesn't like when I talk about Harrison Smith. I don't Smith. like the fact that we we had a we had a discussion <laughs> a while back about. What safety you'd want to build your defense around if you could build if you could oh, get what brand player. defensive player? I'm sorry, yes. And he said Harrison Smith, which is just <laughs> just I can't follow. I said Jamal Adams, and he was trying to say that a 30 year old to build your defense around is better than a a young safety that is just excellent in everything he does. I also, just, Mark Ingram, uh, Ethan didn't like him coming into Baltimore, but I, I kind of, I, I knew that we had speed as a team. Yeah, uh, I knew that we had speed as a team, uh, but Mark Ingram was kind of like this downfield, just pure runner, uh, downfield pure runner uh, that could go through the line, could bounce it outside if he really needed to. Uh, he wasn't the best receiving back, but he could still get the job done out in the flat. And you know what? He got. Uh, what top five in rushing touchdowns? Uh, he's a pro bowler. Yeah, he's a pro oh, bowler. He's broke a thousand yards. I actually missed one of my hits though. Um, in the very first, uh, me and Evan have had this conversation a lot about who's the best cornerback on the Ravens. And in the very first podcast, I said my boy Hump is gonna emerge as a star, uh, Marlon Humphrey, and now he's a pro bowler. So I'm very excited to see that. Um, the Ravens signed Marcus Peters to a three-year extension, and um, I would expect. Martin Humphrey to get his soon, but uh, I'm just really happy that he finally got his recognition and he's getting noticed league wide that he's did, a good. Did he win defensive player of the year last? Year, defensive rookie of the year no. last year, or was he a runner up? Uh, he was a rookie two years ago. And two years I, ago, I'm sorry. I don't know if he was a rookie. Uh, that was he was in the same year as Lattimore, and Lattimore had like the insane season. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. but no, yeah, Humphrey no Humphrey's that, finally getting his recognition and he got his Pro Bowl, and I'm, I was just really excited to see that. Really happy to see that for Humphrey. Alright, I have two more hits. I'm going to be fast on them. The 49ers, I called them having a great season. They had Kyle Shanahan, a culture change. They drafted Nick Bosa, who I, I was hot on. Um, Richard Sherman, a great leader. He runs his mouth, but he backs it up. 
we did talk about that earlier. Um, we love Rich. Quan Alexander. I, do not love Rich Rich. I know you do not. I, I, Evan I, and I love Rich. <laughs> I, Quan Alexander was this linebacker that could fill any gap in two seconds. He could be anywhere on the field wherever you needed him. Yeah, Quan took is him, um, they took him from the box. Yep. And then he with the, Dakota Madden. I, I didn't know this was going to happen with the pickup of Emmanuel Sanders. That was huge. So we had a conversation last year, right when I, right when I uh, wrote the Russell Wilson uh, before the podcast on the Twitter, and I had me and you filled out the the season predictors for next year, and we had that's when the Rams were like going to the Super Bowl, and that's when oh, we were looking at the 49ers and they had they were supposed to have Jerry McKinnon and they were, and Garoppolo was supposed to come off his ACL, and then in the preseason, McKinnon went down. And I was just like, there's just too many question marks. There's too many injuries. And I jumped off, and you stayed right with it. And now they're the one seed, and all three of us, a little hint, all three of us having a, them go pretty far in our yeah. playoff bracket. So Evan yeah. Evan stuck right with it. He saw it. I, I just, Jimmy Grappolo has shown nothing but just untapped talent. And now he's, now it's shown. He's and a, George his, record, his record in Sanford is insane. I, I, he lost like yeah. three games. I always, I always thought and that I, thought, yeah. I always thought that they should have kept him in New England and waited for Brady to either move out or retire. That wasn't a Belichick decision. I, 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 know, I know, I know, I know. It wasn't a Belichick decision. I, Thank I like, God I liked him as a backup. <laughs> I liked him as a backup in New England, and I thought that he was going to be good. And then he went to San Francisco and he tore his ACL, and I thought his, I thought things wouldn't be the same for him. But you know what? I was wrong. Um, my main thing was with Kittle. He's obviously been their impact player of the year. Kittle is a god. Uh, I think he's the most talented tight end. He's not the best stat wise right now. Kelsey that would, has that yeah, on lock. That, yeah, no, that would. That but would he, I think he's Kelsey. most talented. Yeah. Can we talk about the AFC West just as a whole right now for a quick second? Because, okay. all right. So moving in the stopping this season, going into next year, I'm gonna say that the 49ers will be pretty, yeah, pretty the, good. They're, they're all yeah, fairly yeah. young and on big contracts. So I think the Seahawks will be a very good team again. Yep. Then you have the Rams. And you have the Cardinals. Rams are going to regress, and the Cardinals will go nowhere but progress in the next. That's what years. I'm saying. I only see the Rams regressing, and we've had this conversation. This is really a hit or miss. I'm just yeah. we're talking about the AFC West. I only see the Rams going down because they're gonna eventually they're gonna have to just look look in the mirror and and take it that Todd Gurley is never gonna be the same. Yeah, he's uh, never gonna be their MVP back that they can rely on this offense, and they're gonna have to look to Jared Goff who. In, I know me and Kyle's opinion, and he's yeah, golfful was what the we golf-ful. call him. And for Kyler Murray, did he? Yeah, he threw some picks this year, but I only see great potential. And if you keep building, the golfful, you get him wide receivers, and you get him a defense like more people like Chandler Jones. I only see them going up, and uh, the Rams cap space. Yeah, for me, I, another thing with the Rams is they Whoa. traded their future away yep. for Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, which he's. He, he's a great player. I mean, he's player. worth those picks. Yeah, he's yeah. he's worth those picks, but the Rams should not have been the team to do that. Yeah. Yes, they they need those picks, and the fact that they traded away that many just give that Blake high a chance. of them, high of picks. <laughs> yep. I can't agree with that. They have the second highest paid running back with Todd Gurley behind Zeke. The second highest paid QB. The second highest paid QB. Give so Blake, the second highest paid player give, in history. Give Blake Bortles Jared Goff behind um, three solidly paid wide receivers. Yeah, and then they have the second highest paid defensive player, Aaron Donald, right behind Clomac. Bring yeah. back Blake. So, you have three players right there that cap space is crazy, crazy limited because of them. And then, Jalen Ramsey's a free agent. 
you already traded away all these first rounds to get him. You ha- you have to do everything in your power to bring him back, or all of that was worth. And then you have poor Cooper Cup. Yeah, poor poor Cooper Cup. And then Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. So yeah, well, you already Brandon saw Cooks gonna get his head knocked off anytime. Well, soon. that's not yet. Not yet. <laughs> you already saw the Rams go from Super Bowl to no playoffs, and even though they made a late push this year, I could see them falling even farther next year. Yeah. The only the only way they would have made the playoffs, even if with that late push, is they if they the were Vikings. called the Delaware Clams. Yeah. <laughs> and went to the <laughs> NFC East. <laughs> yeah. Gridiron Heights. But, yeah, I caught, yeah. got a at the Gridiron Heights right there. But, yeah, yeah so that's that was the end of our hit or miss. I have one more. Oh, one more? Oh, boy. Baker! Yeah. No, we already went over Baker. We already went over I Baker. You, mi- you missed your chance. You missed your chance. No, I did not. I'm, you missed your I'm chance. coming back to it now. <laughs> you missed your chance. <laughs> I called Baker regressing. Right. I, I'm gonna keep this short. I called Baker <laughs> regressing. It's, I for me it wasn't more of a behavior thing, which was a big part of in this this season. For me, it was how he played, his body type, and the line in front of him. Mm-hmm. He just there's not much going for him on that team other than the wide receivers. But if he doesn't have time to throw it to them, that's gonna hurt him. And he wasn't doing the accurate throws. And I just felt like, it, for me, it was more of a gut decision than an actual stat decision. So I'm not going to talk on this long, but that was my, that was one of my smaller hits. Um, I'll take the Baker right on the head. Um, I was, I was all for Baker last year and he had a rough year, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick with him this year. Uh, we made Evan eat his words about Sam Darnold and Mitch Trubisky for the I first kept, six weeks repeatedly. I kept um, holding out. Baker like Evan held on Sam Baker Baker Mayfield has been put in um, a terrible situation by the Browns organization. They you What's could draft it by the Browns, yeah, and you could draft it by the Browns. And I think I You're think he has I think he has a chance to I think he has a chance to make it out of it. It won't be pretty. This is an example of it won't be pretty. But like Evan like Evan probably said, they traded their O line. They 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 gave Freddie Kitchens from. Yes, he showed promise as an offensive coordinator with Baker. So let's make him head coach, which he doesn't know how to do that either. So that went that went haywire, and now they just fire Freddie Kitchens. So in Baker's first three years as a quarterback, this will be his third head coach and his third offensive playbook going into next year. They already had Hugh Jackson that went south. They already have they have Freddie Kitchens now that went south. So next year will be his third uh, quarter, uh, his third head coach, third offensive playbook in. The beginning years when you're supposed to just find out how you play or how you play with your yes. teammates, not not trying to dig your organization out of the ground. But I hope I hope he can get his character a little bit. You can't be calling out your own medical staff, the people that are going to work on you and your and your brothers, your your brotherhood, your teammates. Yeah, big and, gets injured, his career is over. That medical staff is not doing a thing and for him. I just I just hope that he can. He can. He understands the leadership role that he's been given, and if and if he can pull it off, and he can turn the Browns organization around, I mean, he's going down in history. Yeah, I I already talked about Baker earlier with Evan in one of the other episodes. So this is this is an offnet on Baker, but I'm talking commercial wise. I think there's instead of a Madden curse, there's a commercial curse. Oh, he has more commercials with, with RG three. I I can't even count the amount of Subway commercials I saw of RG three. <laughs> And now look at his career. He's a second string. Yeah. He had two great seasons and then got injury prone for the rest. Hey, Aaron Newton. Rodgers and Pat he, Mahomes. He goes with all this yogurt yeah. commercials. Ch- Chibani, I think it was. was Come on, State Farm. Huh? State Farm. Like, Oikos. Yeah. State Farm's got some good commercials with Pat Mahomes. And I don't know. But shh, shh. 
No, Come but on. with Cam Newton, RG3, and now Baker. Because I can't even count the amount of he Baker more commercials. commercials. It's sad because RG3 didn't des- even deserve it. No, that's so. why when you brought up Kyle Shannon and Mike Shannon, I'm a huge hater on Mike Shannon. Yeah, no, I, he I, hated, I hate Mike. But um, that is my that's opinion. I think instead coach. of a Madden curse, it's a commercial curse now. Yeah. I mean, let's, so, I mean, let, I mean, let's it's, also... It's a, it's a little just superstitious, but I've seen it twice now with hot QBs coming off of great years or being drafted, number one overall pick. Yeah. Getting on all these commercials and getting injured, or f- regressing, it. I don't know. Give credit. No, another Madden curse. Yeah, it's a give, commercial curse now though. Give, give credit where credits due. Some of Baker's commercials are pretty good. Yeah, Mahomes about to break the Madden curse. Yeah, yeah <laughs> hopefully Mahomes is about to break the Madden curse. But Baker's commercials are pretty good too. You know. I mean, they're good. His season's yeah, not good. Yeah, yeah no. They yeah. help his. They help his paycheck. They don't help his football. Yeah. 